Today's episode is sponsored by my good friends at Kletka Undersea, a clothing company built on thousands of hours roaming on and under the ocean. Kletka Undersea. Enjoy the humble pursuit. And I'm very stubborn too, so I'll go out fishing, but I want to try this thing first, right? Has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I just want to try it out. So I'm out experimenting rather than trying to fish, you know, like, and I know that's one of my drawbacks because I'm, even though I'm not going to catch anything, I just want to see how this thing swims. Yeah. I want to see how this thing sinks. I want to, I'm out there doing our, you know, research and development rather than kicking back and enjoying. So I got to, sometimes I got to turn it on. Hawaiian fishing tackle. Whether it's providing the best gear to fishermen worldwide or crafting his own line of equipment, Bill has built a strong brand and reputation in the fishing world today. I had the privilege of visiting Bill at his tackle shop on the island of Oahu, where he talks story with me on his humble roots growing up in Hawaii, finding his love for fishing, and creating the famous highfishgear.com. Bill also shares his perspective on the multicultural roots of Hawaiian fishing the various fish species that are highly prized in his local waters, and overall a fun chat about many different aspects of pursuing fish. You don't even need to love fishing to love listening to Bill today. And thank you for being here with me and for your continued support of the podcast. Now, let's get into the ocean life of Bill Newton. Thank you for making time to be on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you reaching out and Bring me on. I'm stoked, man. Uh, a, I love fishing. Like I love a lot of other things in the ocean, and I love fishing gear. I love the Hawaii fishing gear tackle stores and stuff. And saw you on Instagram. Your daily 1 p.m. My little lives on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Love it, man. <laughs> so you hooked me in, you know. And so I love that. And so I here out here in Hawaii. Um, I'm here for a few days, and stoked you uh, made time in your busy schedule to chat. So thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you coming all the way down to Eva Beach, which is uh, my hometown. Born and raised here. If everybody, if, I know a lot of people don't know where Eva Beach is. They're all familiar with the big towns. But Eva Beach is on the west side of Pearl Harbor. Everybody knows where Pearl Harbor is. It's a plantation town uh, that kind of grew. And my parents moved here in the early 80s because my dad was military. But I was born here and raised here. Started my business here, too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So a lot of local knowledge. And so you've been talking about your fishing store today. But there, before we get into that, high fish gear. Hawaii fish gear, Hawaii fish gear, Hawaii fishing gear. So yeah. we just wanted something easier to say. Yeah, than the whole Hawaii fishing gear. Say, yeah, high fish gear. It makes for a nice, cool logo too. Yeah, I like that. But before we get into that, like, so for you to have a fishing store, I'm guessing you have some knowledge of fishing, right? You know what? So uh, I like to say I'm not the best fisherman, because I'm always, you know, it, it's someone who tinkers and makes stuff, and I'm very stubborn too. So I'll go out fishing, but I want to try this thing first, right? has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I just want to try it out. So I'm out experimenting rather than trying to fish, you know, like, and I know that's one of my drawbacks because I'm, even though I'm not going to catch anything, I just want to see how this thing swims. Yeah. I want to see how this thing sinks. I want to, I'm out there doing our, you know, research and development rather than kicking back and enjoying. So I got to, sometimes I got to turn it off. You know? Yeah. So you're a tinker, a creator yeah. of stuff. I get it, man. Yeah. It's like, you could go out there with like the proven bait or the proven lure and just like maximize, you know, basically hookups, or you could do something different. We're just kind of tweaking around and be like, how would this thing work? <laughs> and you know, well, sometimes every once in a while I'll hook up, but <laughs> the cool part is I know a lot of great fishermen and I live vicariously through them. Yeah. That's their, nice. And their catches and things yeah, like that. I'm like that too, man. Where, where we're at here. So talk about like, what are we talking about? Like off the boat, off the beach, like 
describe your scenario fishing, what you Every, do mostly. Oh, me personally? Yeah. Shoreline, not so much boat, even though I have one, like a little dinghy that's beach launchable. Kayak, I got kayaks. I do a little bit of everything, just like everybody else here. Mm -hmm. And there's this always this like little natural progression here in the state. I'm sure, or here, here in Hawaii, I'm sure it happens everywhere else. You start off with a little pole, you go to a harbor and you catch little bait fish, and then you upgrade to a bigger pole, and then you upgrade to the biggest poles, which is like a lua fishing, and then eventually you get a kayak. You maybe get a jet ski, maybe get a small boat, and then eventually you're on a 45-foot fishing yacht. You know, it's just that's that's the natural progression of things. And, of course, people reset along the way. You know, they go back to the original stuff and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, simplify. So right now I'm in uh, kayak small boat phase in my life. <laughs> yeah, got it. Kayak small boat. <laughs> I love it, man. And so t talk about then the species you're targeting when you're out there. I know you're busy with your business and family stuff, but like what are you going after, like the local fish here that are on your list? Well, here on Oahu and, and all, the, all the different islands, of course, but there's three main like species that we target on the shoreline. We're talking uh, moe. Here's a funny thing is we have – all these different nicknames for fish. We have uh, Hawaiian names, we have Japanese names, we yeah. have English names, and then we have the actual species names. So the moi is a Pacific thread fin, and moi is the Hawaiian name for it, which is, it, you know, it's, it's a great tasting fish, very skittish, very hard to find, hard to catch. Um, the next one would be an o'il, which is a bonefish. Yeah. And that's very popular in uh, Florida, mm -hmm. Caribbean, and stuff like that. And then the most desirable, of course, is the one that um, is the olua. And olua is giant trevally. There's different species of it here in Hawaii where we have bluefin trevally, kagami, which is a Japanese name, for yeah. mira trevally. But it's all classified under the name olua. And then culturally, if it's under 10 pounds, we call it a papil. So it's just like, you know, yeah. we have all these little things. <laughs> That's, I love about Hawaii, and one of the parts of love being a race here, is that we have all these different cultures mixed together in one. We have, we have the Hawaiian Polynesian, we have um, you know, the American, English, we have Filipino, Chinese, mm -hmm. Japanese, there's even Portuguese here, Puerto Ricans, it's just everybody's all mixed together. And a lot of us all share like an interest in fishing. Yeah. So our fishing culture, you, know, you get the, the traditional Hawaiian, you have uh, you know, the Japanese, Filipino, Chinese, they all, they all have like fishing traditions. And it all comes together in what we have in our fishing community. It's really, I love, I love it. I love our fishing community. Yeah, what, what that's it is. so cool. I mean, it's like a, a bunch of different ways of fishing, kind of. They each have their own, like, you know, cultural backgrounds of fishing that converge, kind yeah. of. And I'm sure there's adopt, you know, somebody adopted the Filipino style, the Japanese adopted this, and like here we are in the middle, kind of looking at all of it. Yeah, you know, I love all the slang, like you know, bolo head. When you you get skunked when you don't catch something, yeah. they call it bolo head. You know, all these different names for fish. You have Japanese names, you have Filipino names, like just different words that we all use to describe it. And we all understand it, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's you so know? cool. Wait, so if you had a, a day off, you yeah. were going to go fishing, and you could decide which of those three key species that you, you know, target, what would you go after? Right now, it'd probably be the bonefish, yeah. just because there's so much you can do with that meat. People in the mainland or in, in the continental United States, they don't understand that the meat from a bonefish is incredibly hard to get, but it's it's just so, it has like almost like a shrimp flavor and it's like universal and you can do so much with the seasoning and things. I've I've made like just random stuff that people are like, oh, you made that from bonefish? I've, I've done a Korean style tegu. I've made um, Filipino pancit from it, which is like 
noodles where you use a stock from a fish to hydrate the noodles. I've made anything I could. I've even made fish loaf yeah. <laughs> with aioli dressing on it, which tasted incredible. And, you know, you can do so much with it, but it's so well-respected as a game fish. You know, yeah. people, I want to go out there and put my nose in the air and fly fish for fish. It and, oh, we can't kill bonefish. Here in Hawaii, we, we mop it. We eat it. We just grind it. Yeah. It's so delicious. You can eat it raw. You can eat it fried. You can eat it like baked, you know, baked, dried, everything. Yeah, everything. I love bonefish. And then it's fun to catch, right? Because this thing's oh, run. Pound for pound, one of the best fish, but they're always like a straight line fish. Just they go out and when they, and they, when they start coming in, you're like, oh, I lost it. I lost it. You're reeling in slack. And then all of a sudden it just, it's, it's on again because they're, they're coming close to the shoreline. I've called it like before, like, all right, it's coming in. It's coming in. It's right here by the shoreline. You know, you can tell already when they're going to react. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nice. And it's, it's a good fighting fish. Really oh, good. man. And so will you sight fish for those like like they do everywhere else? Like people just, people you're, do. You're watching them dig around and you're casting at them. Well, a lot or... of times they're in the shallows. Yeah. And they're fat fish where they have a nice little fin that sticks up out of the water. So a lot of the fly guys, they'll go out and they're, they're on the flats where they're in, you know, knee deep, ankle deep water. And they're off looking where the fish are. And you can see when they're feeding or they're being active, yeah. their little fins on the top of the water. They'll sight them, cast right in front of them, see if they can trick them into biting. But where I'm at, I'm in eight feet, ten feet of water. I'll go on my kayak mm. paddle with a little, with a little seven foot rod, and I'll, I'll dump some dead bait down, let it sit, and just kind of wait for a bite, and then do a little rodeo on the kayak where it's floating yeah. all around. Yeah, yeah. So like, like chunk bait, you're just dropping it down. Yeah, you're just usually wait. squid. They'll hit that. Yeah. Yeah, squid calamari. Yeah. By the way, we have different names for it: squid calamari, ika. It's just <laughs> all these different <laughs> slang names for things. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's funny to hear you say we eat bonefish because everywhere else, like I fished in Florida and not just once or twice. And like you said, it's like, it's a prize fish for sure. And they, they, they wipe those things out. So they're letting the fish come back, which is cool. Yeah. But like everywhere else, to your point, it's like, you don't even talk about keeping one of those things, oh you know? And I didn't know what the deal was here, actually, because I heard guys come here to go fish for them. And I was even thinking about Once doing you it can myself, get around, like, like actually harvesting the meat from the fish by by scraping the meat out from the bones because there's because it is bony incredible it's yeah dude, you just really gotta yeah you gotta do it you can't fillet it you gotta you gotta open it up and you gotta scrape the meat out with a spoon and it, it but it's just so it's like a paste and everything but you can do so much with it does yeah. anybody serve it here like a restaurant can i go get it somewhere do you not know? really because i think it's, it's not, just profit wise yeah, it's not worth it for right, restaurants to go they get like them. you know give me a 20 pound yeah. slab of ahi yeah. or something yeah yeah you know that way i can charge but yep. well, it's too much work it's it's a it's a fisherman's job, not, yeah. a, not a chef's job. Right, right. Yeah. So today, I mean, here it is like April already, 2023. Is there something that's running now? Is there like a good season for any, anything off the beach that... In, in Hawaii, uh, for shoreline, I don't know if I should tell this to you. <laughs> uh, no. So watch the mango trees, all right? When the mango trees flower, everybody says that that's kind of the season. Mm. And that's usually the time when there's the, the temperatures change. The water temperature might have changed, and uh, a lot of times the the fish will be closer inshore. It, it that's we look for Owama season, and Owama seasons are small bait fish. I don't know if it applies to like how what do you call grunions in the mainland? Yeah, yeah, they run into shore. They and, run into shore. Yeah. So these Owamas they come inshore to kind of grow, uh, and they they're inshore because the predators you know they don't always come in, but they'll you'll find little schools of them along the shoreline. Yeah, and that is the absolute best bait for 
all Lua, Papio, yeah. anything like that. They're just hammering. Hands down. You can't. Yeah. There's no bait that will top that, you know? So when you find those bait schools, you're When you in, find the bait the schools, zone. you try to go and yeah. you, you keep them secret. Yeah. You don't talk about it. Yeah. The first rule of Awama <laughs> Club is you don't talk about Awama <laughs> Club. I know, man. It's yeah. like, I can relate. Like back in Santa Cruz, a big part, like, it's like squid nests because that's where these white sea bass. And so like the squid nests are just like, about it you know you, know, <laughs> you catch a white sea bass you don't talk about it i love conversations you know? that begin with hey i'm going to tell you something that you can't tell anybody <laughs> I know, man. I, I, that, that's the one that, like okay, i'm dropping everything we're doing what, what do you got what do you got? oh yeah you just listen i yeah. know man it's it's classic so talk about the lua fishing i was just kind of scanning you checking you out and just talk, looking at hawaiian fishing off the shore in general just kind of just understand it more and then i was kind of just kind of wormholed into like the world of Alua fishing off the shoreline, which is big, thick rods, big yeah. reels, braided line. Like it looks gnarly. And like watching videos of like four dudes like bringing like a 50, 60, 80 pounder up onto pounders, the rocks. I mean, have you nailed one of those? And I've, what's that I've whole caught, fishing like for those I, things? I guess I've considerably caught four and I've kept two, but I've released two. It's, it's cultural. It's a cultural thing here in Hawaii. And it's grown from, you know, Hawaiian hangbait fishing where they would catch it with just a long rod and a hand woven, like, you know, old traditional yeah. Hawaiian style fishing to where you have now the Japanese culture comes in and they bring bamboo rods and, you know, they, they apply. Now you have bamboo mixing with fiberglass and now you have straight fiberglass and now you have, it's just evolution of fishing gear over the years. And also just the evolution of like passing down from the father was a, a Lua fisherman. Yeah. We don't, you know, it's funny. You don't talk about, oh, he was a city county worker for 20 years. No, he was an Alua yeah, fisherman. Totally. We all identify with, yeah. with being a fisherman here yeah. in Hawaii. It's like part of part of our thing. Like, what you do? Oh, I fish. What do you do for a living? Yeah, I work it's, this and that. You know, we, don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah. But I fish for Alua. That's what I do. I'm an Alua fisherman. But it's nice to see, you know, it passed down from generation to generation. And these guys take it full-blown serious, yeah. man. They hardcore. I mean, we're... Like if they're going for a tournament or something or you know, like a seasonal outing where they go and hunt Honolulu, they're, they're days before the event. They're like feeding fish in the water. Bring them like, in. you know, they're preparing for it. Like yeah. it, there's a lot of hard work that goes wow. into alua fishing. You just can't da -da -da, walk down to the yeah. beach, throw out a pole and hey, I caught my alua. No, you got you to gotta put in hard work. And, yeah. And the guys that have caught many through the years, I mean, they, they put in hard work. And I, I know it, it's, it's a respect for that. Guys that have caught multiple yeah. aluas, you know, there's some guys out there that have caught hundreds of aluas in their lifetime, and it's just it doesn't come with just being an excellent fisherman. It's you got to put in the hard work, yeah. Prepping bait, prepping your gear, yeah. maintaining your gear, knowing you know, maintaining the spots and stuff like that too. So it's 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 culture and like for me, I was introduced to what alua fishing means in Hawaii through um, actually catching my first one. Like the day my brother gave me pointers on what kind of bait works really well. And I went out to uh, the beach and, you know, there's a couple guys that live next door to me and I just moved in and they were still sizing me up kind of like not yeah. really what we call in Hawaii talking story or communicating yeah. too much other than just throwing shaka and being mm -hmm. cool. But they were kind of standoffish. I, I caught an alua right behind our houses and, um, you know, I brought it up. There's a guy on the beach that helped me land it. He took it to clean it and, and fillet it and stuff because he was like, you know, hey, you let me let me fillet it for you and, and I'll, I'll give you give you a couple pieces. And we're like, hey, you helped me land it. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
And then the next day, the guys, the guys that were, yeah. hey, I heard you caught a lure. We were best friends for like 10 years now. You're in the club. Yeah, we're in the club. And they were all talking story. It was, it was a nice introduction. Even that afternoon when I went to, to dinner with my, my folks, I was telling them, yeah, I caught an alua just a few hours ago. There were people in the restaurant. Oh, you caught an alua. Really? Let me see the picture. It's like, like every, news. Everybody's interested. I'm noticing that there's a cultural thing. Like, oh, you caught an alua. It's like hitting the lottery. It's like, it's a great boost for your, you know, a little bit of your ego. But it's it's a great boost for like everybody, you know. Yeah, hey, I fish for a lure too. Like where you know? Yeah. Of course, they start asking, but what, what kind of bait you was using? Where you was fishing? What's the pole you use? You know, like they're all asking all these yeah. questions and stuff. And it's not just a fish. Like for us, like you you know, and the community knows. But again, like somebody listening to this, like oh, they caught a fish. But what's so interesting about you know, there's a lot of fish. But the thing is, these are GTs, giant trevallis, the Alouas. These are like world renowned, big, mean. Mm fast finding like guys who spearfish like same thing it's like a bucket list to even see one and shoot one and bring yeah. it in same thing fishing off the beach and again like and this is where i'd love to hear more like when you're fighting a big fish and again it could be 100 pounds that's just mean it's a ferrari right it's one thing to fight off a boat in open water that's yeah. its own challenge but you guys aren't doing that you're like no. rocks reef like i mean talk about pole how do you land one of those things it's like a team team sport sometimes well like here in hawaii if we talk about gear wise, we use reels that people use for trolling in in the you have you ever seen a um a six o yeah. a pen six o yep. imagine casting conventional casting one of those I was looking at that going, not just a six o but a six o wide spooled with eighty pound monofilament line and you know you got a hundred twenty to two hundred pound test leader um you're sliding down slide bait style you're sliding down a two pound octopus. That you Two went pounds. diving for the day before, you you caught it with a spear, you know, three pong spear. I mean, people that they go so fishing cool. for bait, they prep the bait, and they're they're in it. You know, they're in it to 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 catch it. That's the goal. You know, they want to land an alua every year. And you have like what, like a twelve foot rod to just 13. be able to whip so the, that. The standard alua pole, thirteen foot. Oh my god! Conventional. The guides, you know, people are leaning back towards ceramic guides and stuff like this, but the traditional uh, guides were basically just a stainless steel wire, heavy gauge stainless steel wire that would bend into loops, coils, and then they would flatten out the edges so you could put it onto a rod. And those are called Hilo guides. Those are traditional, uh, they were kind of uh, made popular in Hilo. Tokonaga store is one of the first shops to actually offer them. But it just little evolution of Hawaii fishing and some of that stuff is even spreading to other parts of the world, you know. Yeah. The gear, the gear is all like you use that. If people ask, you use that from shore. I'm like, yeah, a six o with eighty pound test. You you don't expect to cast it a hundred yards, but you only need to get it out 40, 50 yards. Yeah. With a big hunk of bait or a big lead to keep it down. But that takes practice. You just don't grab that off the shelf and just start hucking those nah, things like that's a, people that's a that skill go, that takes a while just they to go practice. to parks yeah. wide open parks and they yeah. practice their casting this it's yeah. there's passion in yeah it. man that's what i first, you know? first started doing so in santa cruz where i am there's no there's no like surface iron um fishing like yeah. all the fish are like flags are deep so it's like you know you're trolling and then you're fishing reefs and stuff but like where i go like the, the channel islands off california where you're casting there's like yellowtail there's tuna you're casting irons like i had no idea how to cast an iron so yeah. you got to go do it you go to the park you know, you take the hooks off and you're just sitting there and looking like a dork and your rat's nesting, but you just get you it. You think you look like a dork, but there's four guys in the park that are like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta improve it a little. Yeah. Well, you get them, you gotta, you know, like yeah, they're watching man. too. 
they're cheering you on. Yeah. Like, you know, they look, you know, they, they've been there before. Yeah. That's so where cool. You're trying to learn smoking I, your thumb on a monofilament yeah, line. Or, yeah. 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 When we come back, Bill takes us through his origin story around finding his love of fishing, running a tackle shop, and creating his own line of fishing gear. Stay with us. talking about fishing in general even if it's fish i've never caught like just the the, the giant trevally the aluas are just one of those fish where you can just again watch youtube videos all day long and just be so enraptured how guys are getting those things i mean so it's, it's a trophy fish for sure yeah it is. it's so cool um but by the way it does produce a lot of meat yeah a lot of meat yeah not, not that great tasting yeah but well, you barbecue that you can no i think the the best way probably just to like if you have a big big fish smoke it yeah oh smoke it yeah all yeah. that thick meat i'd love to keep talking about fish all day but i want to get back more towards you and what you've put together here but let's start like you mentioned growing up in Eva beach you gave a, a you know your your family's from here you're born and raised but like talk about how you were introduced to the ocean to to fishing there's always like somebody did that somebody took you brought you to the beach or to the you know the jetty and put a full pole in your hand and started fishing well, I, I'd, I'd how'd that all go i'd love to tell you that i was born with a fishing pole man but i wasn't like my uh my dad he enjoyed fishing on the east coast he's from tennessee and uh he was in the military and he would he would fish in virginia and any place he was stationed he'd always have fishing poles he tried to take me and my brother fishing but we were just two wild <laughs> crazy boys and and actually i have this little scar i always show on my hand that's from the last time that he took us fishing because he, he was out fishing for, uh, you know, uh, fishing for whatever he could catch. He was actually using chicken legs. He was landing tig- uh, hammerhead sharks and things like that, like just off the in the Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And um, while he was fishing, me and my brother were playing around and I cut my hand pretty bad on a piece of glass in the sand. And uh, that was it. He's like, he never really took us fishing. You again. guys are done. It wasn't until my brother, my brother, like years later, like we were already in our 20s or so, he got kind of heavily into fishing. He was introduced to it to some of his uh, coworkers, and he just took it on. Like he was just full blown doing exactly what you see everybody do, where you you, you start with the cheap gear, you upgrade to a more expensive gear. He just got really passionate about it. And when I actually, I moved to Vegas and then I came back here, um, you know, he was like, hey, take my fishing poles and go to the beach. That's kind of what made me fall in love with it. I'm not the kind of person where I can just go to a beach and kind of enjoy myself. I'm I kind of got that work mode. Like I, if I'm not doing something productive, yeah, I'm I'm not really enjoying myself. And I, I thought about this just today. It's like you know a lot of these fishermen, they're they're workers. They're they're hardworking people. And this is a way to relax work. You know, <laughs> like like go out and actually like you're doing something with your hands. You're being productive. Yeah. You're checking your poles. You're checking your baits. You're, you're cleaning your gear. You're doing something for yourself as opposed to doing it for someplace you work for. You're, you're actually out there working for yourself. And the reward is fish. Or the reward is just getting out of the house and being at the beach for 10 hours, you know, for a whole day. Yeah. And I, that's kind of where I was. And that was when I got to the beach, fishing pole in hand, I'm, I'm checking bait. I'm like, hey, 
it's actually really beautiful here with the water. I'm getting magnesium. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling relaxed at the end of the day because I spent the whole day at the beach getting my feet wet, maybe jumping in for a swim or something like that. It's an excuse for me to be at the beach and enjoy yeah. myself. Growing up, didn't necessarily um, enjoy that. My, my dad was into a Boy Scout, so we did a lot of camping and things like that. There, were, there wasn't a, a whole lot of ocean activities, even though we grew up a mile away from the ocean. Yeah. It, it's a true, you know, it happens here in Hawaii. Some people that live in Hawaii, mm -hmm. surrounded by the ocean, some people don't even know how to swim. Yep. It happens. Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know? So, like, what got you hooked, though? So your brother, brother's got all this gear, and, you know, he's got probably got some instruction for you, some guidance, so you start doing it. So what was it that kind of... Catching that first alua. Yeah, it was that. That was, was solidifying. Yeah. Because I'm, like, fighting the fish, number one, was just, it blew my mind. Like, just to hold that pole, have a, it was about a 25-pound fish, 25-pound alua. And it was just fighting me in the surf on a little spinning rod. And just oh, wow. having that, you know, they say we could preach to you as much as we could to give you guidance to how to land a fish, but you're never really going to know it until you actually have it. Yeah. You know, and, and to see that fish drag up on the beach and you know you got it, it's just like, wow, that was so much bigger than I expected it to be. It's huge. Like, it's huge. And, you know, to even lift it up after that, your hands are all shaking oh, because yeah. you've been battling it for 20 minutes adrenaline rush uh you know pitting your stomach from all the adrenaline your legs are shaking because yeah, yeah. you got all the adrenaline it's a great feeling and that's what got me hooked yeah and and that's kind of where everything kind of flourished from there i got into um of course shoreline fishing then kayak fishing great kayak fishing community here in hawaii uh through uh, aqua hunters um even to the point where i was competing in uh kayak fishing tournaments and things like that oh. it was really it just great community everybody you know we all we're all friends we're sharing information keeping some of it secret yeah but looking out for each other because oh you yeah, know, and then, yeah you know the competition aspect people love tournaments here yeah. and, and stuff like that yeah that's kind of where i started looking into uh, websites was kind of my forte like i i was doing consulting for a lot of businesses mm -hmm. designing websites and running them and actually helping them with customer service and things like that so they could function with their business mm -hmm. And then I thought, hey, it would be awesome to put together a fishing website. And uh, I reached out to a local distributor. And I was like, hey, I'm interested in opening up a fishing website. And I got shut down like this. Like, we only deal with brick and mortar companies. There's no chance for you to just take away business from all these brick and mortar companies. Right. And uh, it just so happened that um, we had a, a client of mine that was a pawn shop. And he, uh, I, I explained to him, hey, can we get something set up where we can uh, start putting some fishing tackle uh, in your shop? A little part of the wall or something. Part, yeah, yeah, it yeah. started off with just a, seriously like a five by three section of pegboard with just your basics. Hooks, lead, line, swivels. That was it. That's all that we had. The fundamentals. The fundamentals. <laughs> and it was, it was just uh, me and my wife, we came in that day when I was still an employee for the, for the pawn shop. And we set it up. It took us maybe about four or five hours tagging everything and putting it up on the wall, making it all look all nice. And that was, that was probably like 11, 12 years ago. And um, over the time, it really, really grew. We used to be a pawn shop with a tiny fishing section. And then eventually we turned into a fishing store with the tiny pond section. <laughs> and then just last year, uh, we decided that, you know, the pond shop part of it, element of our business yeah. just wasn't really working out. Yeah. So we decided to close the pond shop. Now we're just a full blown fishing store. 
So how did uh, people initially know that you even had gear in there? Because if you weren't going to go pawn something, well, you wouldn't have shop, seen that. You, you look at the Hawaiian, Hawaii culture, yeah. people fish. They buy fishing gear. Oh, so they, they were going to the pawn store just to they see were selling what was fishing there. Gear. Oh, no, it. they were selling. They were pawning fishing gear, real rods and, and reels. So we became kind of a place to go to if, yeah. hey, if you want to buy some like used fishing, fishing gear. Exchange kind yeah. of like yeah, which and, is uh, really cool. And it was it was a it was kind of cool because I got some great deals on some good fishing. <laughs> oh gear. yeah, you're like, like I sell them <laughs> this. You're like I'll take that one. But uh, yeah, but eventually the the owner uh, decided that he wanted to sell the business and he thought that I'd do really good running the pawn shop. And uh, he sold me to business, and I've been been running it for for twelve years, and it grew from pawn shop to what it is now, which is um, used to be a hole in a wall tackle shop. Yeah. To where now we're, I would say, in the upper echelon of tackle shops in the state. Yeah, yeah. And we have a wonderful website. It is which, awesome. Which just made uh, made seven years of doing the website. Seven years. We it took a little while to get it up and running, and that's just hard work between uh, the staff that we have. Yeah. Um, some of the, my partners and stuff we have just putting in work through the years, having a little bit of a background in it and just knowing what looks good, feels good and putting that into work. No, it, it is. The site is awesome. And it, it caught my eye as like a web tech guy too. Um, and then it's just quality and like you have everything. It's easy. It's not just, there's a lot of websites, fishing sites in California where I buy, buy stuff from They're like still in like you know 2005 era yeah. um, but I always buy stuff from them because I just love them as a brand but so let me ask you this so like what's your philosophy on like the tackle itself so there is there's old school stuff there's like new cutting edge stuff and a good example in California there's this epic bluefin tuna bite that's been going on for like five six years it's like they were there like in the 20s and they disappeared kind of and now <laughs> yeah, suddenly yeah. they're back even like where I am in Cold War Santa Cruz these things are popping up a lot of guys are like I use cedar plugs, old school. How old's a cedar plug? They've been around forever. Now I actually have one, right? I actually found one in an old tackle bag. Yeah, cedar plug, which are rad. Yeah. Now there's like Mad Max, and there's like Nomads, like plastic. Yeah. Which I've seen them. Fish killer. So here's my question then: Is for you, like you have, you only have so much retail space. I know, you know. How do you decide, like go like old school stuff versus this new school technology type fishing stuff? Well, the the whole idea behind our website was based off my own personal experiences you know before we became what we were i used to go to all the tackle shops i could because i just want to i love walking into a local tackle shop yeah. here in hawaii and we have products that like you can't find them at bass pro because we had we're so close to the japanese uh, market a lot of our stuff was like japanese based that's the reason why so many love people love jdm products here is because that we're closer to the japanese mm. market than we are to the freshwater market in the state uh, in the States. And um, I, I wanted to recreate that feeling of just walking into a local tackle shop and seeing products that you're familiar with. So we, we have a focus on locally made products. We try to get vendors and you know companies that make products here in Hawaii for the Hawaii market. And over the years, we've become the number one retailer for all these different locally made fishing brands. A lot of it's shoreline based. Yeah. You know, we have Mark White lures, which is world-renowned ceramic lures, uh, surface plugs. Uh, Campania Lures is a great soft bait company that actually had a hand in kind of developing the, that company. And of course, Hammer Bombs, which is a product that we make personally, uh, and then we distribute them to all the, the stores, uh, shops in the state too. Yeah, yeah. So a heavy focus on locally crafted gear. Locally, locally crafted and also locally popular, because yeah, there are a lot yes. of products that 
um, you know, they're imported, but they're popular here in Hawaii. Yeah. Missouri is a big brand that people love. Yeah, yeah. So it's stuff that's made local and stuff that works. Works, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And so when do you geek out on a, a piece of new tackle that comes in? Like, do you see something you're like, oh, man, I got to try this thing out? Like, do you ever get super excited about I'm, something new? I'm a big soft bait guy. I love soft baits, you know, curly tails, soft baits, and things like that. That's probably the one I geek out on the most. Not so much rods and reels. Yeah. I'm very... I, I like to say cheap, but the truth is frugal. Mm -hmm. And the rods that I have are just ones that I've pinpointed and just they're perfect for exactly what they I work. want. They work. Yeah. They work. And yeah. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to replace them. You know, vendors offer me free rods to sample all the time. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I got exactly what I need. I'm not really interested in yeah. taking another one into my arsenal <laughs> yeah. uh, unless it's like, it's got to be heads and shoulders above anything that I got. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, that's so cool. I mean, I can imagine you just get distracted at times with like cool new gear. Like I was just walking your shore and, and, and you know, like you said, it's so I saw fun. you wander off. Yeah, because you walk <laughs> into these places and it's like, you know, if you love books, you walk in the library, you're like the potentials and like walk into a fishing store. It's a store. great feeling. It's man. just it's like great. you're just looking and you just wander around and check yeah. stuff out, pick it up, feel it, put it back, think about it. And like, I love it because here in Hawaii, because like you said, there's stuff that we never see. Yeah in the states first like where i am or not i shouldn't say in the states we're in, in you know, california and so like i dream about these like the giant lures and giant reels for stuff that we, the fish that we don't really have there but also just like you're showing me like you know like um those hard baits uh and just a different brand of the similar type we have there but just it's different you know so it's just i love the variety you know yeah here well my one of my things is you know I, i've got we've got a really good finger on the pulse of what our customers here in Hawaii want, you know, as we make our website available for our local customers, not on every island, more people from around the world are discovering us. And we've got customers, we've shipped to every state. We've shipped to Guam, we ship to Guam daily. You know, people in Guam, they love how quick the shipping is to them yeah. from Hawaii versus yeah. California or right. wherever. Um, it gets to them so much quicker and they, they're treating us like their tackle shop. That's they so love insane. us. Man. Yeah, Bill. And then one thing you mentioned was you create your own fishing gear. You mentioned hammer bombs. And yeah. before we talk about what those are, what I, one thing I love about fishing gear is I love the names of stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can name, I mean, the hammer bomb, there's such like, it's such an awesome name. And like, if you fish, you know, that's a badass name. If like you didn't fish, you're like, well, I don't know. I don't quite get gotta, that. But there's such cool, like, what's the story? I got a really story funny story about how we came up with hammer bombs. There's an expression here in Hawaii where you're a hammer. Hammer, it's pronounced hammer, hammer with an H at the end, but they mean hammer. And it means that you are like when you, you have a job that needs to be done, you bring in the hammer. You know, you bring him in because he's the one that's going to pound it in. He, he's going to be the one that you depend on. So I was thinking, let's call him hammer balls. Hammer balls. It's a little bit of a joke, mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, hammer balls. But I'm thinking, hey, you know what? Let's, let's reserve domain names. So hammer balls with a H is, of course, available. And um, so let's go over to hammer, so for the American, American public, hammer balls. Hammerballs.com is taken. And I'm like, yeah, all right, you know, this is in the beginning stages. Yeah. This this product was designed from the ground up. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we'll look at all the customers are telling me, all the guys that are sampling them, um, they're telling me, man, these things bomb. Like you can cast them <laughs> further further than other similar products. You get a better cast with them. And um, okay, well, hammer bombs. 
and that's kind of like, where we came up with Hammer Bombs. Like, Hammerbombs.com works. Was available. <laughs> so what is a hammer bomb? Okay, Tell us um, about it. it they're kind of hard to explain because um, I try not to. There's a little you're like, why not explain what it's for? Is because I want you to decide what to use it for because you know your fishing mm. market better than I do. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's part of a Carolina rig. Carolina rig is usually just your main line to a swivel with a lead on the end of that. From that end, the other end of the swivel, you have a leader to your soft bait or whatever you're using. That's a basic Carolina rig. This replaces the swivels and it replaces the lead weight. It's a resin casting ball. What happens is because they're made of resin uh, versus being solid lead, they have a different buoyancy and they will sink slower than a standard oh. lead. I, I say that they're for a technical fisherman. And technical fishermen, if you geek out, if you're an absolute nerd about where you want to present your bait, then the hammer bomb is what you need. Because we make hammer bombs that are weighted, that actually have lead in them, one ounce to 2.5 ounces. We have unleaded hammer bombs, which don't have any lead in them. And it's almost a neutral buoyancy where it's very, very slowly sinks to the bottom. And with that, you can present your bait on the bottom with a very slow drag. You can present it on the top of the water column with a very fast retriever. It will skip and splash off the top. That's what I, I that's my favorite one is the unleaded. Really? Because you can work the mid water column with this very yeah. medium retrieve. You can present your bait in all areas of the water column. Wow. Even dragging off the bottom. You got me thinking. Um, <laughs> but so it slides. Does, no, it doesn't slide. Okay. It's anchored. You have one, you have swivels on both ends of it. And the whole idea is these were intended initially for um, uh, fishing close to the reef in, in very rocky situations uh, because the fish that they were targeting, they actually reside in the crevices of the reef. And the only way to get them to come out is to present your bait as close to that reef as possible. And you couldn't do that with a lead because yeah. it would just sink too fast and get hung up. So people would use things like golf balls. By the way, they weigh 1.6 ounces. <laughs> a factoid. Um, but, you know, they were presented because they have almost like a neutral buoyancy where they would sink very slow. And when they would hit the bottom, they would actually bounce off a little bit. So it helped you present your bait without getting hung up and having to change your rig every few casts. So what I did was I developed this one to not necessarily be like a golf ball, but have a little bit of fluidity with those two, those two swivels on both sides. They have this nice little fluidity where you can use it with four pound test, but at the same time you could rig it with uh, 120 pound test and use it to catch a marlin. I don't know exactly what in aspect you would use it, but the swivels are rated up to 220 pound test. The wire that runs all the way through it is rated up to 325. Wow. So bomber. you can land bomber. heavy fish on it, but at the same time you can still use it with light pound test. Yeah. And that's what I mean from designing from the ground up is I took that into aspect, but it surprises me. I have my own personal ideas of what I wanted for, for a hammer bomb product. And the truth is, I'm not a great fisherman, so I've taken a lot of input from people through the years, like, you know, I want to use it for this, and I want to use it for that. And the only way that we had that shared of ideas was the fact that I didn't label it as, it's strictly for this, yeah, it's right. strictly for that. I'm just like, hey, it's part of a Carolina rig. Yeah. You figure out how you want to use it. And people have come up with some wonderful ideas, like Pacific Northwest, somebody's using it as, a, um, as part of a float rig uh, going for salmon in the river. Uh, we got guys that in Texas, they use them for going for uh, sharks and things like that, <laughs> yeah. where they're just casting out for sharks. Yeah. 
uh, California people use them off the piers to catch bonito. Yeah. You have people offering, you know, hey, if you can do it this way, maybe we can use them for uh, stripers. You know, or if you use it for this way, maybe we can use it for halibut. But yeah, yeah, the application is just, it's universal. Like I've, I'm already thinking, I mentioned earlier, like white sea bass. Again, think of like, we're at 100 feet of water on a boat. There's a squid nest below. Yeah. But we don't know if the fish are where they're at, right? Yeah. So you're going to drop something deep with like a, a lead to the bottom. That's fine. But they might be 50 feet. And so that's the tricky part is to present your bait slowly exactly in the water column. You know, yeah. and again, it gets tricky with like, well, I'll go to a, you know, sliding sinker and I'll get a smaller one, but that's still lead and it's doing this, you yeah. know, so that I, I'm just kind of. So you can kind of play with it, know, it, knowing where they're going to be able to present in the water. Yeah. But there's actually a guy, a guy in California that was looking for a better float. So we actually make a float and I call it like the indestructible bobber where you can run over it with your truck and it'll still function yeah. properly. Um, he started using that in replacement of the water bubble. You know, the, yep, the one yep. you fill up. He said that mm -hmm. he was using it to catch like 20, 30 pound bluefins. He would cast out his minnow bait yeah. with, uh, with our 1.5 ounce float. And the minnow bait would sink down, but the bobber would stay on top and you'd just be basically jigging it. And he said that after, you know, 10, 20 fish, the, the leader was trashed, the baits were trashed, but the hammer bomb float Fine. was just immaculate. And it just, <laughs> he's like, man, I've been, I've been loving this thing and I need more and more and more. And I said, you know, you send me, you send me pictures of, um, you catching bluefin yeah. with a video of it. That's insane. I'll kick you down free hammer bombs yeah. all day. <laughs> That's so cool. So, yeah. uh, and I'm grabbing some for a go. Where'd you go? So you had this idea. So where did you go? When do you start to create your own product like this? Like, well, how does it was that actually, go? like for me, it was just like, I'm fascinated with manufacturing, like fascinated with it. Somebody asked me to make a traditional resin bomb, resin hammer, uh, resin, not resin, resin balls which are just like people would make them using uh, resin inside of uh, Easter eggs. They would fill Easter eggs with resin and they would make a traditional one. Somebody asked me, he's like, hey man, you know, the people that make these, they don't make them as much as they should. And, and I love selling them. If you can make something like that, you know, I'd be interested in buying. And I thought about it and the, the way that that was manufactured was just like really almost impossible. Yeah. Like it's, there's, there's no... Uh, it's not a manufactured product. Yeah, it's just something you, you make it for free time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can scale that and sell it like a, in bulk. Or yeah, like but I, I just yeah. kind of kept thinking about it over and over again. It's not the tra traditional resin ball. Um, this one's a completely different animal where you can land bigger fish on it. And I thought of a way of producing it where you can make a lot in a day versus being, you yeah. know, maybe only be able to make like 48 in the span of an hour, you know, or 48 in the span of like three days. Now you can make, you know, a hundred plus in one day. And when I said it built it from the ground up, I knew personally, I wasn't going to be making hammer bombs all day. Yeah. I set this up to where people could make them, make them for the company and hopefully make a good living. That's a big thing here yeah. in Hawaii. We yeah. struggle to make a living. You've got to earn a good income. Mm -hmm. These products were priced so that the people that are making them are actually making a decent living cool. doing it full time where they don't have to like have five yeah. jobs, they can just make one. And people say, you know, how come they're so expensive? It's like, because if they weren't, if we couldn't get what we get for them, they're absolutely not worth making. And the price is the price. And if, you know, if, if we, they don't sell, we don't make more, but luckily it's probably the best selling locally made yeah. fishing product in the state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So I'm curious too, like, there's nothing easy about operating an online retail store. 
there's challenges with SEO, ranking, there's a lot of different ways to be found. And so what's your yeah. approach? I know you, you've got a great presence on Instagram. You do a daily kind of show, you're talking, you're showing gear. It's just real personable. So you pull people in, I absolutely get that. But, and then there's amazon.com. There's just other stuff. There's a lot of things <laughs> that you're competing against every day. So just talk about the operating a fishing website in today's kind of internet. It, for me, it's all about slow burn. You can't expect to be an overnight success. You can't. And you look at it right now where we're, we're seven years into it. We did get a major boost from COVID when the state shut mm -hmm. down. It, one of our little, our, my favorite stories to tell from that time was we were three employees. And um, we, were, we were getting close to the part where the state was going to say, you know, non-essential workers stay home. Everybody, everything was getting shut down. On a Friday, I told our one worker, hey, man, I don't know how this is going to go. We may need to lay you off based on how it's going to go. You know, I'll make you a little, I'll make you a little severance package to kind of keep you, keep you going for a while. But, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. You may have to stay home for like a month or two. And uh, that was Friday. Over that weekend, we noticed a major increase in sales because tackle shops across the state either closed. Oh, wow or they limited their hours. And of course, a lot of people were very concerned about going out during that time, being out in public. So word of mouth just got out. Hey, these guys in Eva Beach that have a website, we were already up and running, you know, probably banging out at most five, six orders a day, you know, just, just shipping out orders to now we're, we're just incredible. We That's probably great, do, man. we do a crap ton of, <laughs> Uh, orders every day. We have eight employees now. No way. Yeah, eight oh, employees. That's awesome. And it, you know, and it's it's a it's a really good feeling because, you know, you put in that work for several years, just kind of you know expecting that slow burn, where hey, in five years, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be in good shape, you know, and you know we made some mistakes along the way. Yep. You live, you learn. You yeah. know, you can't. You're not. You got to be willing to to make mistakes. And I always just tell everybody, don't be afraid to crash and burn. You know, because when you crash and burn, you learn, you learn, you, learn, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. funny how that rhymes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> to make a hat with that on there. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. And one thing too, I was, you, Bill, personally, like watching your Instagram and stuff, like you're a very positive person. Like you have a real positive message, just us chatting for an hour. And I Nobody like that. Nobody wants to like, hear a guy, you know, it's really crappy here. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. And I like that though. Like you're, you're very positive about things. So I think that's just nice to, that's cool. You know, we've yeah. that into the fishing world, which is well, cool. Well, that, that whole thing stemmed from just being a, a broke businessman like you don't have money to dump in advertising you don't you don't have money to marketing campaigns and stuff like that when you're just you're scraping by so you know i, I call it guerrilla marketing and during the pandemic you know people were turning to us to be their fishing store and they wanted to know what we had in stock you know every day we'd get shipments in and rather than make a post of on instagram where hey we got in this tackle, this tackle, this tackle, this tackle, all came in today. Like make a long list that's nobody going to read. I started doing live videos where at the end of the day, I remember I, I'd be all sweaty from opening boxes and the shop was just cluttered because we were actually closed, but we were doing online orders and local pickups only. I just say, okay, everybody, we got in this in stock. We got this in stock. And we get feedback from customers asking like, hey, when is this coming back in? Or and we just started uh, in Hawaii, we call talking story, yeah. like you know, just talking, you know, started off, maybe 10 people would be watching. Now we got, you know, over a hundred people watching every time I, I, we do a live. 
uh, we've expanded to not just doing on Instagram, but uh, like a live broadcast on four different platforms. Cool. And, um, you know, great feedback because we get great questions. Sometimes they're the same questions over and over because, you know, new people are tuning mm -hmm. in and they weren't, we didn't know we, we answered the same question four weeks ago, but hey, I'll answer it again. You know, the, the best, best starter Ulua rod is a medium heavy nitro mm -hmm. with the Jigmaster mm -hmm. over 40 pound test. You know, and we've got um, some of the, the workers, they, they come in and they, they offer advice too. So a lot of times I'll be scrolling through and they'll have great answers. Uh, and it helps people out. And then we talk, we make jokes and we have, we have a lot of fun um, with our customers. And then we also do uh, live auctions on our Facebook page where that one's a little more closed to the public. You got to be a member of a group. So there's a lot of cussing yeah. and really jokes. And if people have a blast and they make, we all make fun of each other. It's a, it's a, you know, gingerly, not yeah. rudely, yeah. but we have, we have a good fun and people, I, I love getting messages from people like, you know, we have to confirm that their payments were sent and, you know, after they send a payment, you know, a couple hundred bucks or something, a uh, payment sent, Hey man, I just want to say my, me and my wife, uh, my family, we love watching your videos. It, it's so much fun. And like, it, it's like my entertainment, my TV that I go to watch yeah. is going to watch like our live auctions or our lives on YouTube or whatever. And it's just like, wow, we're actually providing more than just products for sale. We're, we're providing entertainment and a community. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of fun. Well, I think that community word is really key there because you could walk into a fishing tackle store and you don't know what the vibe's going to be Yeah. if you're not a local person there. And sometimes it's like, I don't know you, so there's yeah. not a lot of love. And, like, and there's times even like, I kind of know what I'm doing, but a lot of times you're just like, you're almost scared to ask questions. Because, you know, based on the vibe of the store. To be store, honest, they don't you know? want you to ask questions. And, and I understand that. Because, like, I'm saying this in defense of other tackle shops. Because I hear horror stories. But I just got in a box of something. And I'm cracking it open with the box cutter. And I've, I know there's a lot of work. Because I got to get this product listed online. I got to do all this kind of stuff. And then turn around. Hey, uh, what's a good fishing pole for this and that? I already know through experience, this conversation is going to be 20 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be 20 minutes. I'm going to have to put off this job that I'm very focused on for 20 minutes. Thank God my brother, who loves to talk just as much yeah, as I do. He'll handle That's it. the guy behind the register that you saw earlier. He, he's there for me. I'm, hey, man, let me get you set up with my brother. Yeah. And I don't have to be a dick to him. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, I, just in defense of other tackle shops, I mean, you, you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know a brother behind the counter has just finished helping another guy for 30 minutes that yeah. wound up with a $5 sale and he skipped his lunch and he was just about ready to yeah. eat. And you walk in ready to, you know, ready to write a bad Yelp review based on the fact that he didn't, he didn't walk you through the things. And one of my things is I made these conversations that I can always have with people. Um, I made YouTube videos based on those conversations and they are the most successful yeah, videos great. on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and I think that's it. Is like you're you're creating a, a community around you, and you make you're making helping to make fishing gear purchasing accessible to people who might not know, who yeah. might not want to ask a dumb question. That and they don't like, yeah. so I won't ask it at all. And so I don't know what to buy. And so you're like, no, check this out. Like you're talking, you're embracing, so you're letting people engage, which I think is really cool because it's really easy for fishing to be an elitist type of sport. Like, oh, you don't know about the blah 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 rod, like <laughs> kind of thing. And that's that's. Everywhere, you're not. Everywhere. Well, that's the thing. It, it like you got to so You got to like check. You got to check your ego. You got to check your yeah. ego as a salesperson. You also got to check your ego when you walk into a tackle shop. If you expect 
like at least a decent, honest response. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm looking for a good fishing pole for um, catching fish here in Hawaii. All right, let me show you this one right here. This is like the standard that we use. Oh, well, you know what? I got that for bass fishing right. back in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I catch 20 pounders back. <laughs> and I'm just like, are we going to, we going to talk about your ego for the next <laughs> 10 minutes? Or are we going to get to the question you asked, you know? So we got to, we got to work our way around that. Do a little dance yeah, for a yeah, minute. It's a give take. You I know, and I don't want to put you in check yeah. saying, Hey, you know what? You came to me yeah. for help, but. Yeah. If you back off a little bit, we can accomplish something. Yeah. Here, you know? That's kind of kind of where I'm at. I know. That's true, man. And there is an egotistical aspect to fishing. It doesn't need to be, but there is. There in is. some circles. Just like surfing. You know, no. They always got their Every own, circle, bro. You know. Every circle. You know. So it, that is what it is. Well, you know, we identify sure. with it. Yeah. And that's know? like one thing. Like me, like people ask if I'm killing, like I have a boat in the harbor, get off, maybe I've got a couple of salmon or fish. And I'm cleaning it. But, oh, wow, cool. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm so stoked. Da, da, da. Well, where'd you get it? I'm like, it's like 60 feet of water, like, you know, kind of near the buoy. Like, I don't care because you still got to go out there. Yeah. You still got to do the right thing and still catch one. So it's like, now here know, in here in Hawaii, it's we're major population on a small square footage. So one thing that we make it, if say anybody asks a question about where's a good place for this, where's a good place for that? No. Nah. I said, we don't discuss fishing spots. You got to go, honestly, every beach, every place that is available has a potential for holding fish. Yeah. There's no one spot that we better, you know, and that's one of the things. That's what people get a little snotty about. And people get upset because I'm not asking for your fishing spot. I just want, you know, I just want this and that. And, and it's just like, well, they don't want to disclose that to you. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's part of my job to make sure you have a good experience when you buy our fishing gear. Yep. But at the same time, I'm not going to tell you yeah. where this oh, guy Oh, it's right here. That. Yeah, there's no. a, the beach park, and there's this tree, and just cast right there. Like, no. You're like, no, dude. You're like, well, you look for this kind of water, maybe, like, it's got to be moving or whatever. There's a rip, or, you know, it can help yeah. with that. But then go find your own <laughs> spot, you know. Yeah, I know. No, Bill, this is cool, man. So if you look ahead, I know you're slow rolling. I literally like your vibe, but you're not trying to, like, just blow up overnight. You got to just – you're in the, for the long the long haul. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So – what would you like to see from the business in like five years? Through the years, the last few years of our business actually did blow up. Like it really did overnight. You know, overnight it changed. It went from a struggling shop to we have a warehouse now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> Which is yeah. where, where we're at yeah. right now. Which has air conditioning too, which is incredible. I'd like to see us move out of just the Hawaii market. Hawaii's fishing market represents 2% of the entire U.S. fishing market. That's how small it is. Hawaii is, a, is, we're big on fishing here, but it really represents just 2% of the entire fishing market. And as we notice more and more customers coming to, coming to us for what we have, you know, coming to us for fishing hats, you know, fishing shirts, they like our vibe. They buy from us. I, I you know, I'd like to expand beyond the Hawaii market. Mm -hmm. All the while making sure that we're doing our due respect to our customers here in Hawaii, making sure that we're always providing like top-notch hustle. Like, you know, we make sure we get people get their orders the next day in Hawaii, which is something that yeah, uh, you know, Amazon can't provide. Nope. <laughs> They're gonna hear that. <laughs> they can't necessarily provide it based on until they open up their their center here, but we'll do with that later. But it's just the hustle, yeah. you know, making sure it's at the post office by the end of the day so they can get that stuff the next day. Yeah. And we all we love getting comments like, man, that is the fastest I've ever got an order. 
less than 24 hours because I placed the order right before the cutoff. And within 24 hours, it's in their mailbox. And that would not happen without the hustle of the staff here. Yeah, yeah. You know, taking it serious. It goes a long way. That customer service is a big, especially for, for shipping. Like for me, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to go out next Saturday. Let's say I'm planning a trip. Okay, what do I need? X, Y, and Z. Oh, my shop doesn't have them. So let me get them online. And I forget to the last minute. Yeah. Whatever, you know, or my, yeah. ah, but it's like, if, so if they know you're going to get that to them as fast as you possibly can, like, yeah. they'll come back. Like you gained a customer. No, they, you we, know? we, we wowed them with our hustle because yeah. we always looked at it like, you know, we're not, we're not a big, big tackle shop. You know, the only thing we have is our hustle. And I, I told that to my guys over the years is, you know, the only thing we got is our hustle. We're, we're like, we don't have the huge inventory that these guys have. We don't have the generational mm -hmm. traditions that all these big tackle shops have. What we have is our hustle and the fact that I'm willing to go online and embarrass myself yeah. for hours at a time, <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of what we do. Solid, and, man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you having me here and showing me your shop and your warehouse and taking time out of your busy day to share with everybody what you're up to here. So um, thanks, man. And I wish you the best of luck in the future. All right. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you coming down. And nice meeting you, brother. Yeah. You too, man. Aloha. All right. Thank you guys for being here today and listening to my conversation with Bill from the beautiful island of Oahu in the Hawaiian Islands. Check him out online at hifishgear.com. That's highfishgear.com. And find him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, uh, probably YouTube too. And uh, yeah, have a look at that guy. Thanks again for being here. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and can't wait to have you back in the next one.